Mess It Up podcast, where we take your mess and turn it into a message. And now, here's Biker Chick and the Bowtie Guy. Hey, welcome back to Mess It Up podcast. I am the Bowtie Guy. I am the Biker Chick. And we have our guest... Pastor Heather. One more time. It's nice to have you back. Thanks for uh, joining us Thanks again. Thanks for having me back. We are so happy about that. Our word of the week this week is designed specially for Pastor Heather. If you know Heather, you have to know that this is going to be the word of the week that we are going to be using, and it is plethora. So that's the one that's happening right now. So um, a plethora is what, Pastor Heather? A lot of something. <laughs> like, like plenty of enough of something too like you could have this happen and it would just be amazing to have that much of this something so plethora is the word that heather uses a lot plethora yeah she really loves it <laughs> all right um so last week we were talking about you and getting into um the idea of you being a pastor mm-hmm. and um this is a, an area I think where all three of us have very strong feelings about females in the ministry. Mm-hmm. And yep. if we um, if we rub you wrong on this, um, okay. Um, if we rub you right on this, okay also. But uh, we're we're not here to um, just you know make everybody happy. So I know that some people probably won't like the way we feel about what women should be able to do in ministry. But I'm pretty sure a lot of churchy people. Probably won't like yeah, our yeah. opinions. Yeah, but um, we definitely have some opinions, and um, we're entitled to them. You're entitled to yours. And if you disagree with us, please email. I forgot to give all the email and all that stuff last time. That's oh, my okay. goodness, I was so thrown off. Email us at info at messituppodcast.com with your comments, uh, or leave comments on the, uh, the show notes page or on the Facebook page. And uh, we'd love to hear what you think and um, get your side of it as well. But... Uh, Last time we left you, Heather, you had uh, a bunch of children, and they're all twins, and um, you got saved. Mm-hmm. Where did you go from being a mother with a couple sets of twins to being saved to, you know what, I should become a minister? Yeah, so that was a process for sure. Um, I think I wanted to, so I was going through trying to figure out how to do life and how to read the Bible. I had never read the Bible before, and I was like, what is this? And what are these songs they sing in church? Because everybody seems to know them. So I was like this lost little Christian, and I was just going about trying to figure it all out. And at the same time, I was trying to figure out, well, how am I going to raise my kids up in the church? Like, if I don't know anything, how are they going to know something? And so I decided, in the back of my head, I'm not sure why I thought it was a good thought process, but I was like, I'm going to go to school to learn about the Bible. And so you end up going to school for ministry to learn about the Bible, right? And so um, I would talk to my husband about it, and he's like, I'm, I'll support you and whatever you feel needs to be done. And at that time, we really felt strong after a lot of prayer with my husband that, you know, I needed to be able to understand my faith and understand what I was telling my kids to believe in. And so I started going to school and it became evident almost immediately that I was called into ministry and it, um, and it wasn't, it was, it was, it was like a smack across the face going, okay, you need to go out and tell people about Jesus Mm -hmm. and tell people like yourself, people who 
who came from your background, people who um, understand where it is that you came from, that you understand where they're came, coming from, and tell them. Because honestly, no one had honestly told me about Jesus. I knew about him. I knew he existed. I knew there was churches. But no one ever invited me to church until that one friend. And when I was a, when I was a youth and I needed to know about Jesus the most, no one invited me to youth group. No one invited me to church with them. People who were Christians avoided me. They they went out of their way not to talk to me. Right, right. And so, um, as I was going through and I started these classes in 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 college for ministry, at by like the second class, I knew okay, listen, evangelism is where I'm called, and that's where I need to be, and um, I need to spread the word, like Jesus tells us to to the ends of the earth, and. Um, and it, it went from there. Yeah. Now, you said you prayed with your husband. When did he accept Christ? Because when you guys got married, you, neither of you were Christians, correct? Right. No. And so at this point, when I started going to school, I'd already been a believer for four years. And my husband was very, very sporadic. He would go to church maybe once a month, if that. Um, and he was of the opinion, like, even if I do believe in God, I don't have to go to church to express my faith. Mm-hmm. And... Um, it wasn't until I was one year into school that my husband was baptized and started coming to church and started seeing that there was strength in the community. Golly, wow. Now, um, we've talked about you had four kids. One of them had some medical issues. Did that play into um, your Christianity? Did that strengthen your faith or... Yeah, yeah. So that was Max. Max was in my second set of twins. They were born at 28 weeks, and Max was fragile, to say the least. His sister was pretty healthy, but he was super fragile and went straight into the NICU. In that first year, he had had, well, in the first 15 months, he had had 10 surgeries. Um, He had been put on life support for half of that time. He had... um, I mean, just the first year was horrific where we weren't sure if he was going to make it. Um, And a lot of trauma happened during that time period to me, not only to my children and the rest of my family, but I took a lot of that trauma. And so um, I remember one specific night where, you know, the hospital had released us to go home three days earlier. We took him home and we were scared anyways. And that night, it was the third night he had been home, he was I was sleeping in bed, it was about midnight, and my husband came and shook me and woke me up. He goes, Max isn't breathing. I'm like, what? He's not breathing. Why aren't you doing CPR? And I'm like, why are you getting me? And so I go out to check on him. At that time, I'd been a respiratory therapist. And um, I go out there to check on him. I'm like, he's breathing. And then I watched closely, and I turned on the lights. And he was breathing, but it was extremely shallow. And um, he was gray. and Like, his face was gray. Right. And yep. so... Um, I'm not, you know, you you don't think super well in those situations. I put him in the car instead of calling 911 because I'm like, well, he's breathing. He'll be okay. So it was a 15-minute car ride mm. to that, the hospital. And um, I'm praying the whole time. I am praying the whole time all the way to that hospital going, God, please just let me get him to the hospital. And I get to the hospital emergency room. I park the car at the front door. I run over and get him out of his car seat. And as I'm getting him out of his car seat, I look down and he's still he had completely stopped breathing at that point. Um, and I'm screaming, and the, the nurses and the doctors are running out, and I, I shove him into their hands. I'm like, he's not breathing, and they, they took him from me. And, um, and I, 
and I just didn't, I didn't know what to do. Yeah. And, um, I can't imagine that feeling of having your baby taken at that point, because I mean, I would know that they know what's up, but nope, gotta be with daddy. You know, I, I, that, I don't know how I'd let go. Yeah, it was not pretty. And they would not let me in the room where they were performing CPR on him and they were intubating him, putting the lifelight tube in and, um, and I just was sitting there at the door watching this. It was like a bad movie. And I, I just kind of crumbled to the ground, and I started praying. And I started, I mean, it was like one of those things where I started bargaining with God. God, please take me instead of him. Mm, I'll right. do whatever you want. Yeah. I promise never to beat him. I promise never to yell at him. Anybody who knows me now knows that that, <laughs> that failed. Um. But what I did feel that night um, as I was sitting there praying on the hospital floor was... Um, almost a um, palpable feeling of God touching my shoulder and going, he's going to be okay. Mm. I have him, and I know that he will be okay. You have to trust me. And um, and that was that moment where I let go of it, and I said, it's in your hands. And that was discernibly the night where I said, I fully believe and trust that there is a God. And Max made it through that, and he's made it through a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and God has definitely worked miracles. I've seen miracles worked through my son. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. Um, and it, it, I mean, if I had no idea any of that with Max until you told me, you know, and I just see him, he just looks like a kid running around, you know, normal 10 year old kid being 10 year old kid. <laughs> and good on you for not, um, you know, beating him after the fact. Yeah, you know? I try yeah. not to. It's, it's kind of crazy because I have. A, from the time that um, Gage, Gage is my middle child, he is 15. He was five weeks old and I woke up to an almost lifeless baby. Mm. And um, I was 23, I was still young. I was, you know, first time living on my own, I'd always lived with somebody else. And I woke up to this, you know, very limp. He could move his eyes and that was about it. And I did the same thing. I scooped him up and I put him in his car seat. I knew the hospital was a mile and a half away, but this is in Phoenix, Arizona. So there's lights on every block, it seems like. But I did the same thing. I pulled up and was like, popped him out of his infant car seat. He's not breathing. And she looked at me and she said, what? Because I wasn't screaming. I just was like, he's not breathing. And that's when she called people. They came in Mm -hmm. and... It was in the ER. There was not a pediatrician on the floor. Um, nobody could intubate a five-week-old baby. Yeah. Oh, golly. And so they're scrambling, you know, to try and call anybody down who might be able to take care of him. And so as you told that story, I relived my right. experience through it. And he ended up having bad pneumonia mm-hmm. and went to the NICU for he was life-lighted to our county hospital and he was there and he was the healthiest baby in the NICU at that time because he was a a normal five-week-old but just kind of hearing your story and the similarities to how we reacted Mm -hmm. in that moment was very intriguing to Mm -hmm. me because both we're both just like we got to get him there yeah and and that was the first first thought in our minds I think yeah and that's what God thinks with us I'm sure when I mean I'm crumbling and, and falling apart God's not thinking, okay, call 911, call some help, pick you up and take you where you need to go. I mean, that's just what the parent does. That's yeah. that's what the love looks like. I like where you went with that. 
That was, that was good, Paul. I do what I can. Yeah. Now where we're going to go is to uh, Song of the Week. And our Song of the Week this week is by the band For King and Country, and it is called Without You. So give a listen, and we'll be back after the break. start it's so awkward for me in my brain i don't even i should practice more yeah um, or i should just let you do it sometimes instead of being big show hog like talk yeah that'd be strange i know no it's funny because every time you point to me it's like <gasps> i clam up mm-hmm. but anyway this song is on my favorites playlist that has i think eight songs on it total and i just love i love the musicality is that a word the That's music word. um I love just the tempo and the beat and um, the version that I listen to has the female singing the chorus and I just love her voice. But I love the message of it because it, it does, it goes through some dark stuff at first, Very. you know, and um, through that darkness, it talks about, you know, the thorn in his side, cuts and stings, um, but God comes in and God is there and it talks about, you know, not lot wanting to live without God not wanting to live without him through all the crap, all the, the yucky stuff, you know, God is there and don't want to be without him. Yeah. I, the, and I had not heard the song until you introduced me to it uh, today. So I'm looking at it and the, the beginning where it says, uh, sleepless, this madness is walking me out to the edge, to the ledge stands there beside me, shivering out on the edge and Oh God, all I all I ask is a little relief, just a moan of peace. And I that's where I was three months ago. I was just standing on that ledge and just crying out for someone, anyone, anything to just ease up a right. little bit in my life so I could just right. catch a breath and move back away and get some perspective. I don't know which one of you said perspective uh, earlier today, but you know, having some perspective on it and just getting grounded that was um <clears throat> that was important to me yeah and i don't want to I, I the, the thorn in the side idea you know when paul talks about having that thorn in the side right when i got out of my incarceration i thought oh i want everything back i want to get everything back i just want my life back mm-hmm. and 
I've come to realize that if I would have gotten my life back the way it was, I would have done the same things because Absolutely. I had it and I didn't make good use of it then. So there's no evidence to say I would make good use of it now. Right. And if I just completely forget about it, I'll go back to my same old habits, hurts, and hangups. So I need to have that little reminder, just the scar, just the the little, you know, I'm, I'm in a pretty decent place most of the time now. Um, but a couple nights ago, I was, well, last night, I was sitting and watching TV, everybody had gone to bed, and I was just kind of melancholy and just sort of, I don't know, just kind of reflecting. Um, I'm in this transition period of, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know how it's happening. I'm just stepping out on faith more than I ever have. Right. And uh, it just left me feeling kind of melancholy. But if I didn't have those those touchstones of what it was in the past, I wouldn't know where it can be. And, and to be able to balance that, this is good, this is bad, this is where you are now. So, you know, you can push through this because you push through these other things. Absolutely. There was a, you know, scrolling through Facebook, things pop up. And a quote that popped up in my Facebook feed was, the only way God can show us he's in control is to, it says put, I say allow, is to allow us to be in situations that we can't control. Yes, I would agree with allow. I don't think God shoves me and says, hey, let's mess with Paul. You know, let's give him a little melancholy tonight. I'm not Job. But. (laughs) I'm pretty normal. Now, do you think Job is a good example of discipline? Oh, gosh. Don't get me started, Paul. (laughs) No, I do want to get you started, but on something different. We want to talk about um, women in ministry. And your experience, Heather, you've been a licensed now uh, minister for several years. Yes. Um, And it's been the best ever, right? I mean, everybody loves you. It's all about respect and high pay and uh, no stress. No stress at all, right? Man, all you girls go out and and do that. Yeah, right. What has happened? What has it been like? Um, you know, it's one of those things, and you know, when when you and I have talked in private, I we hmm, we've I've said before to you that you know, women in ministry really don't talk about it. Like we don't go openly mm-hmm. because the thing is, is that um, it's already hard for us as women, and to openly talk about it just gives validation to the concerns that oh, we're just whiners and complainers. So for me, you know, I want to I want to say that. Um, Hopefully, I don't come off as whining or complaining, but I have clearly seen that it is definitely harder, not just for myself, but any female going into ministry, um, because we have to fight a battle that, uh, you know, a white male will not have to to fight. Sure. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's been, there's been some difficulties, some, um, a lot of, a lot of hills to climb. Well, it's, I think, I mean, we still don't have, I mean, arguably, um, equality, gender equality, just in the workplace in America across the board. But I would, and I haven't studied this, but I would think in ministry, it's a little further behind the times. Yeah, a lot farther. Than others. It's a little more, you know, and I'm air quoting, traditional. Well, yes. that's because of the Bible says mm-hmm. that women can't First teach. Timothy. Yeah. And so I come from a non-denominational but they have baptist roots and now i'm actually in a baptist church and so when i came to the church where 
you've preached at, and I've heard you. I was shocked. I was like, there's a woman up there. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. They must have some loosey-goosey rules what? in that church. Yeah. And I've always believed that, you know, God created women with such a different, yeah. you know, perspective, process, sure. understanding of things that, um, you know, Paul, I'm pretty sure you've learned a thing or two from a woman once or twice in your life, right? I, I can honestly say that if Heather wasn't a pastor where I work and hadn't seen me three months ago, I might not be alive today. Mm. That she literally saved my life. I believe it. I believe it. So... Will you talk a little bit about that, Heather? Uh, yeah, you know, it, as soon as you started talking, I went straight to Deborah and, and uh, you know, the, how the Bible affirms women in so many, many shapes and ways and forms throughout the whole entire Bible, including the Old Testament, right? you know, where women were judges and they were sought for authority. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it was, there's so many different places and times where God put into place uh, women to rescue his people or women to come in and if you say save the day but then in the in the New Testament with Jesus Jesus alone walked with women right he taught with women women did his work um, you're such a dork yeah <laughs> well I just uh, <laughs> I interrupted that Paul did a little bit as Pastor Heather started speaking I got I call them God bumps Paul calls them spirit bumps mm-hmm. but it immediately you know arose something in me yeah and um you know i don't believe those just come because it's chilly in here there's an air of wind just one there's a plethora plethora. yes and so for me that's just such confirmation Mm -hmm. when when you started to speak and you know my spirit was like hey hey yeah you know i can't even like i said there's so many so many different um examples throughout the whole entire bible where jesus affirmed women teaching um, put women in authority. Right. It was a woman who found Jesus gone from the the tomb and went and spread. Right. She was the one who went and spread the word, and the men didn't believe her. Right. And so it's like, okay, God has put these women in these places and affirmed them. Now, it, it, by any means, it, I don't believe women are better than men, but I believe, I believe that God created man and women equally, and there's a battle, a fierce battle about that. Right. Um, but when He took that rib. And he said, and now I'm going to create you a helpmate. Um, it wasn't that that helpmate was going to bow down in authority. Mm-hmm. They were to go out together and equally discern what they were supposed to do. Right. And, uh, you know, and then people will say, well, it was the woman who made the fall. Well, okay. First off, why didn't the man step in and say, uh, don't do this, Eve, you're stupid. But there's so many different things that I, the battle can continue on for days and days and days. However, no matter how you look at it, who created the fall, um, it wasn't God's plan for man to lord over woman. It was God's plan for man to have a helpmate, right? Um, to be with each other and make it through life. And um, when it comes to teaching and authority, there are so many examples in the Old Testament and New Testament where women were given power and they did amazing and good things in the name of God. Well, and I think that, I'm sorry, go, you go. Well, it just brings to mind, and I'm not a Bible expert. I have not read the whole Bible. and um, But what I, instantly comes to mind is just a, the simple example of the woman at the well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Didn't Jesus send her off? 
to tell people about him. Yeah. Yes. How can she, if she's not teaching, how could she she's, do it? Right. He empowered and, and, her. Wait. And they listened. I don't think he said, wait, just go tell the women and children no. about me. No. I'm pretty sure he said, go tell everybody, right? Yeah. No, he didn't. And that yeah. was his instruction. And what's amazing is even in that time, people listened to her. The men that listened to her. Yes. And who she was. And with the yeah. background and reputation that yeah. she had. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, everybody knows we all have backgrounds and reputations. And it's tough for me to get up in anybody's pulpit because... They don't want to have that background I don't want reputation to get the in the front, you know, of of the church and, and give credence to that person. Right. But I was thinking as you were telling that story, Heather, about how Christ, you know, when he, he did so many things through stories and you hear the story of the Good Samaritan. And it's like, mm-hmm. it's not the people that everyone thinks it's supposed to be. Right. The people is. it's supposed no. to be aren't doing it. And God... God wants it done. I don't think God's up like, oh, well, I guess if we have to have a woman do it, we will. I think he's like, you go, girl. You know, I mean, I think yeah. it's just, I and we, I get super duper frustrated at just the, um, the narrow vision that we can have sometimes as Christians of this person can't do it because of their past or this person can't do it because of their pigment or this person can't do it because of their Y chromosome count. You know, it's just what people are people. God made us to do Mm -hmm. amazing and wonderful things. And like we were talking about a few episodes ago, I am, I am a woman. I am. There's nothing that's going to go after that that says no bad. It's, it should be celebrated. It should be good. It makes me, I'm ecstatic to serve with women in my ministry yeah. and um, and be surrounded by by strong, powerful women of God and can learn a lot from them just by hushing and listening, which is not my strong suit. No. <laughs> so um, we're just about out of time here. It's just, it goes so fast. I wish we could have you for 95 shows, but we'll have you back in some future shows for sure. But anything that you just want to close off with any yeah you know i think if there's anyone out there right now who's listening and you know you're a female and you're you feel that call upon your life to go into ministry i um my first advice to you would be to pray about it uh because you really really need to be sure that this is where god is calling you because you will be tested your faith will be tested your um everything in your life is going to be tested and so for me it's one of those things where you, if you firmly know and firmly understand that God has called you to this life of ministry, then nobody can shake that, and you will need that affirmation within you. Yeah. So just seek God in prayer, and and then once you know that God has told you to go, put your head up and go. Yeah. God's not like the teenage boy that calls and then gets nervous and hangs up. Mm-hmm. When God calls, God he just keeps on calling. And so, yeah, the sooner you answer that call, the sooner you'll be doing some amazing things. And I love I love when people put themselves in the place of God and the fact that they can denounce your calling mm-hmm. or say, no, that's not really what it is. And, I mean, just to think of it from that perspective for a, a little bit, like, there is nobody else that's God. Yeah. And so going straight to the source on, hey, I need affirmation. I need you to really show me, tell me, you know, I feel it. And... That's your number one source, period. Yeah. Nobody else can out 
God, God. No. Period. People have tried to tell me, oh, that's not your call. I'm like, you know, I'm sorry. You, you're entitled to your opinion, but this is my phone, and I'm talking to God right now. Right. And so you can go and do your thing, but I don't need you or your opinion. So mm-hmm. bye-bye. Yeah. Thanks for playing. Well, um, hopefully over the last two shows, you've seen how we've uh, been able, well, Pastor Heather's been able to take the mess that her life was and turn it into a message of now being a uh, mom, a cheerleading coach that took her team to like, I don't know, worlds and finished with second place. Yeah, second place. Amazing. First time ever for our little town and um, spoke at a national conference this year mm-hmm. and is leading our youth and is just doing amazing things. Your mess has absolutely become a message because you haven't let it be a stumbling block. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing with us and being willing. We can't wait to get you back uh, uh, in the future. If you have any questions for us and you want to contact us, you can get a hold of Christina at... Bikerchick at MessItUpPodcast.com. And you can email me at BowtieGuy at MessItUpPodcast.com. And just for your general comments and clarifications, if you want to get a hold of Pastor Heather, you can email us at info at MessItUpPodcast.com, and we will pass those things along to her. If you disagree with anything you heard today, we'd love to hear from that, too. We don't want just a bunch of clones and yes people out there. Please tell us when you disagree and and why, and we'd love to hear your side of the story as well. So contact us, check us out on Facebook, spread the word about the podcast, and we will see you next time, and uh, we'll mess it up one more time. Take care. Thanks for checking out the Mess It Up podcast. If you've got any questions or feedback, please email info at messituppodcast.com. Don't forget to share with your friends, and we'll see you next time we mess it up. <laughs>